Before your selected episode begins, here's a word from our friends at Wrestling Recommendations. Hey wrestling fans, this is Eddie Shepard, one half of the guys over at Wrestling Recommendations, telling you to check out our podcast. Each week, myself and my best friend Travis Lasseter dive in with a deep retrospective and watch along to some of our favorite matches. We have curated a list of over 200 plus matches spanning over 40 plus years. We take all those matches, we throw them into a randomizer, and the very next week, that's the match we cover. Check us out at Wrestling Recom on Twitter, R-E-C-O-M-M, and Wrestling Recommendations on Facebook. And you can find us wherever podcasts are available. And let us bring our wrestling recommendations to you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Wrestling Purist Podcast. My name is Ryan, alongside Jeff, and one time for the uh, late, great Iron Sheik. Fucking bullshit! You hear it on Botchmania every week, and it just never gets old. Just Oh, oh Sheiky baby. Lost a, lost a good one today, man. And it's, it's, it's so crazy because... You hear you hear stories about you know guys like Sabu being in the hospital. Um, Mongo has been battling ALS for a while, and those are the guys that you expect to see. The guys that are in the news, and I, from what I from what I've been reading, there's been nothing on the forefront. It just looks like he was just getting old, and that was it. <clears throat> I think these things are always weird. Well, obviously, death comes and goes for it comes for everybody. Trust and believe that. But you try to qualify and quantify, you know, how long I know it sounds morbid, but how long like someone should live, you know, and we're not wishing any dead ill will or death on anybody. But you got guys like Funk and Flair and, you know, just some of these other guys and these older wrestlers that have, you know, done some questionable things just like everybody else has in this world. And then you look at some of the other guys. So it, it's just always weird to to think like, you know, this person died, but this, you know, the, you know, this per, you know, it's just crazy. It just goes to show you that we you know we become attached to these men and women in this profession, and you know, it can be wild. But I think eighty one, right? I mean, eighty one's a. Mm-hmm. If I make a day eighty one, that's that's a good it's a good run for me. Seriously, and. So I guess I'll springboard off of that. What's your favorite Iron Sheik moment? Um, this is a really either. tough one because 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 Jeff's an old school historian, so he's got a lot of Iron Sheik to roll through the card catalog. <laughs> yeah, that's what, um, that's what I was thinking. But go, but you go first. So. It's tough for me because I think there's a lot of great Iron Sheik moments, and I think there are a lot that um, paint him in a paint him in a positive light, a negative light. Um, I'm gonna go the comedic route 
Um, and I'm kind of stealing from wrestling with regret, but I can't tell you that I don't have the DVDs of both um, Macabia Mania. Um, he, he he did a review on that one. Um, I can't remember what the title of it is. I'll have to pull it up here. But, um, but I, I mean, obviously, this is mid-90s and late-90s. He should not be working at all. Um, he's cutting promos backstage like he's getting ready to wrestle Hogan and he's walking out to, <laughs> and he's walking out into a into a basketball gym with like a hundred people and um still still got the weights going and um just goes to show you he never turned it off. Um but I can also in the same light for his unintentionally comedic promos and rants and backstage um antics um uh-huh. i can credit him with having put on the absolute worst match i have ever seen in my entire life um <laughs> it is it is from heroes of wrestling so we're looking at late 99 it's him and nikolai volkov taking on um formerly the Bushwhackers because they had to be careful of, you know, copyright shit. So they couldn't be the Bushwhackers. They had to be formerly the Bushwhackers. Um, it's an eight minute match with four guys who can't wrestle and it's really bad, but um, I don't want my memory of Shiki to be a bad one. So I choose to remember the, um, the over the top promos and the rants Um Obviously, some are from just him and his culture and his, you know, back background, which, okay. Yeah. But the promos and, like I said, it's it's the second Maccabia Mania where um, he's going to face the mighty Maccabee. And he is, he's he's got Iron Mike Sharp behind him and he is ranting off the edge of his pants and he's working the weights. Um, he's flexing and it's just peak prime. This is why you love the Sheik. And that's how I'll always remember him. So I think Sheik need so I'm gonna piggyback off of what you said. And for all of that stuff, I think you're right. I think the the past we can say 20 years, maybe hell yeah, 20 years, past 15, 20 years, he's been one of the best follows on twitter um and he's he's become he's become you know comic relief and not not as in like everybody's laughing at chic no like ha 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 you know we're laughing at him no no they're laughing with him because he's hilarious you know and he's great but i'm gonna go back early 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 i mean his biography was on not too long ago but you go from being uh uh you know, being born in Iran and being, I'm I'm butchering this, but I'm paraphrasing. So so please um work work with me here. But you go from being born in Iran and being the the leader or the king's like personal guard, you know, like actual personal guard. And I don't know how old said person is listening to this podcast, but uh, Iran, you either fall in line or you know, you, 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 you never become seen again, you know? So he did all that. 
he was doing that and then you know stuff kind of went south there then he came here and if you just look at everything he's done you know his whole career he's probably is or one of the biggest like foreign bad guys heels ever would you would you say cod yeah agreed yes and in a time where again where you know he could have been stabbed he could have been you know i mean just it, like actual real heat for being a real i, I i'm using the, the term foreigner here loosely but uh the world was a different place um you know 1970 all the way to you know 1990 and you know between being a big bad i mean you're talking about wrestling anoki in in 79 wrestling bob Backlund in 83 hogan in 85 uh, hogan in 84 you know slaughter and then he just has all this this giant uh body of work of just being a, a heel and then you talk about the golf the golf war and stuff and remember he kind of got repackaged and he was um colonel mustafa and mm -hmm. you know they were they were hating slaughter i mean oh no 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 well well they were on hogan memory and then slaughter became the sympathizer and it just it just you know i it was just crazy. And I just think he probably doesn't get the credit for more of his, his actual heel work, you know, more of late people like it's a whole group of people that actually probably know him as, you know, funny, the iron cheek. And that's fair. And then, you know, that is very true, but man, he's, he's so good. He also too had the scandal when he got busted with, um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan back in kayfabe times in the car smoking weed and it was on the news and people were like well why you know why is a bad guy and a good guy you know why are they riding together and you know that almost not ruined the business but man this is crazy but i'm just i'm just running my damn mouth on, on here so but to answer your question as a legit heel in a top foreign heel, you know, the, the, the poster child for a foreign heel. No, they were Russians and all. I mean, there's always been guys like that in wrestling, you know, it's always been foreign foreigner heels, but man, cheeky baby is, uh, um, he's a guy. Yeah. Oh, oh, and then too, also being, a, being an Olympic wrestler, you could stretch you seven ways from Sunday too. So there, <laughs> there's that. Yeah. But, but, what do Fair. I know? Fair enough. Um, I'm going to tie up some of my loose ends here. At the first Maccabia Mania, um, April 4th, 93, um, that would be Ken Patera and the Mighty Maccabee going over the team of Iron Mike Sharp and the Iron Sheik. Iron Mike Sharp, yeah. Oh, Bill. Oh, Bill. Um, Iron, Iron Mike Sharp was dirt cheap at this time. Um, 325 fans in attendance for that show. Um, the location was Livingston, New Jersey, at the home of Jeff Bucantz. Wow. Um, I'm not how how much do you know about Maccabi Mania? Not much. Hold so, my game. No, you're fine. Um, so um Jeff, so so Jeff Bucantz um did did this fundraiser um in the mid-90s and then again in the late 90s. We'll see you in a second. Um to fund the United States 
fencing team's travel costs for the for the Olympics. Um, oh, wow, tough so, side, Well, that's um, so on top of that match, he got guys like Baron Baron von Raschke, Killer Kowalski. Um, this this one does doesn't have as many stars as Maccabi Mania two. Um, mm. Jump to that. Um, Maccabi Mania two Shekel Slam. <laughs> uh, I got to give him credit for that one. Um, so this one is at Livingston High School this time. So we've already jumped up a little spot there. Um, so we've got. So we got guys like Crowbar, King Kong Bundy, Jimmy Snooker, Bam Bam, uh, Steve Steve Carino is on this show. Um, but then the main event is um, the Mighty Maccabee going over the Iron Sheik in a 21-minute match. Oh, man, 21 minutes. Whew, boy, that's probably... So uh... what, I, what I will say is there's the... If you've ever seen the Mighty Maccabee, it's just Jeff Buchanan in a mask. Spoiler alert! Um, but the story with this has always been he wanted to be involved in wrestling, but he tried to train for it. Realized he didn't like to bump, so his character, the Mighty Maccabee, was not going to take bumps. Okay, damn it, I'm in. That's a great bit. Also, he wrestles in white friggin' Felis. So get that oh, already out of jeez. <laughs> are you are you still in? I'm in. <laughs> you schmuck. Um but yeah, 21 minute match of somebody who it, can't bump um against somebody who who probably shouldn't be bumping. Um I have I I, I have one more question. Now this can be the you, you know the gif where it's Vince and he's looking and then he's back in the chair and then like you know is his head's all red like you know you know what I mean you know what I'm talking about cod yeah oh yeah yeah okay so this can take me there it, it does he wear glasses because if he wears glasses then that's that's the trifecta of uh no but I'm every- getting ready to send to send you a picture of him of everything you just said so god damn it this is him with like a with like a fake title and I know we're doing this hot hot shot in here for a second and how this has turned into the mighty Maccabee show i don't know but um well it's our damn podcast so we can do what yeah. we want <laughs> you're, you're not wrong if you, if you, if you don't like it yeah you know like yeah. let me let, let me know when you see him that's how i see it by cracky you should you should be getting his picture coming over to you now Okay, give it a second. Let's see. As we are just yeah. submarine, the show hasn't even started yet, and we're already submarining it. Just yeah, it's didn't get fine. off the. Oh boy, he's in shape. Look at there. Well, I mean, he's an Olympian, so I mean, it's that's yeah, fair. So you see, he has a mask on, right? Yes. So, um, the whole thing is like, um. If I can't specifically remember, it's gonna kill me. But it's some it's something like Maccabee loses, so he has to take his mask off, mm-hmm. and he, he's wearing two masks. God damn it! Yeah. 
<laughs> so he so so he pulls his mask off and on commentary you can hear him go he he's got another mask that's that's a great bit that's a great bit oh man oh so good you want to know what's yeah. not good Extreme Rules 2014, which is what we're covering today. Mm. Oh, Jeff, 2014 WWE. It's a strange time, isn't it? Oh, it for all the hard, all the diehard hardcores that I've been watching forever. Mm, were you? Because there was a lot of lean. Uh 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 a lean period here where it was just rough around the edges before this was also the time too where right they get not not the beginning but like before all the like fat trimming you know what i'm saying we're gonna trim the fat no there was just a ton of uh well we, we went through this time period where where it was oh, we don't sign any indie guys you know then it went to like all the indie guys let's go all of you yeah, we're getting ready to turn a big corner here, and this show is littered with um, not just NXT guys, but, I mean, pretty much everybody on this show is, in each match, is either an NXT guy, a former NXT guy, or, like, an established vet, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. It, it's wild to see the, the contrast here, and... Just, just to, just to kind of filter in here. This is the show right after WrestleMania 30, so it's the month directly after. And I know we haven't covered it, but it's coming. I promise you, it is. Um, Daniel Bryan has just gone through Triple H. He's gone through the Triple Threat match at the end of the night to win. He's the new WWE World Heavyweight Champion. He's earned it. Um, we're going to circle back to this show actually a handful of times um, as we go along here, but that's kind of where we're at here with this show. And this would eventually lead into um, the whole authority storyline, pretty much taking over the WWE and continuing with that trend, because in a way they're already in, Total control. Um, so we're sitting here at Extreme Rules. The show opens up. It's a very overly dramatic video package. Um, I also thought there was something wrong with the um, with the stream that I was watching because it was like video package and then like a very brief like black screen with no noise or anything and then it's like next video package it's like very sequenced and i don't know if that was done intentionally but it kind of threw me off at first Hmm. but anyway let's talk about the real travesty on this show (laughs) i couldn't for the life of me find the kickoff show Four extreme rules on the network. So, thank you to YouTube for sponsoring <laughs> our opening contest. The first time ever we are 
deep diving into the kickoff match because I'm going to sit here and tell you this as I as I breathe. This would have been match of the night had it not been for one match in particular that was on the main card. We're talking about the WLC match. This is Hornswoggle versus El Torito. Um, Hornswoggle is a member of 3MB at this point. El Torito on, um, is obviously with with Los Matadores. Um, I think it'd be a few years before they were the shining stars of you know, the of, of the Caribbean. Doesn't matter. The reason I enjoy this match so much. Okay, if it was just the WLC match and it was like regular, like everything else was like a standard match, but it was just horns, Hornswoggle and L and and El Torito, and that and that was it. It wouldn't be as good, but it's it's something about everything that got put into production for this. You have mini referee. Many ladders. Uh, you have many commentary teams. Uh, I was going to say, don't. Gosh, don't look, that. Yep. you have you have Weebl, Jerry Mini King Lawler, and Micro Cole on commentary for this kickoff match. They even had a mini ring announcer. Mm-hmm. Look, it's a. It's the mini chair too that does it for me. Oh my gosh! It's it's look, it's it's so it's so well done. Look the the production and the time that went into putting into this. It's it's perfect. And look, in a year twenty fourteen (laughs) WWE, there's not a lot of perfect things. Okay, this is up there and. Good on them for getting this perfect. So, um, also too, just just for WWE, just for shits and gigs, you have Drew McIntyre who just looks like a schmuck. Like he just looks like a schmuck. You have Jinder Mahal who looks like a schmuck. You know, compared to his now, where his muscles have muscles have muscles. You know, it's crazy. It's just a different time. What a time to be alive, man! Also, the when Junior Mahal comes into the ring, the ref takes a gnarly bump that he wasn't supposed to take. <laughs> like, like Junior Mahal's like legs like hit it. I like, like, legitly like shoot wise, like hit him in the back of the head. Yeah, agreed. That definitely wasn't supposed to happen, but. It's, it's the mini ladder. Gosh, it's the mini ladder. Um, it's Cole. It's Michael Cole on actual commentary. Um, when he says it, when he's when when they're talking about the mini commentary team, and he makes this comment of it's it's like raw. They're not calling the action. It, it, <laughs> it, it's it's just a self awareness. Yeah, it, it, it's. Yeah. I now from a purist standpoint, I should fucking hate this thing. Also, from a pure wrestling standpoint, I should be infuriated by this because I'll tell yeah, you this is not a great match. 
Oh, well, no, but unlike AEW, it's not being portrayed as like, this is legit. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, take the, like, this is being serious. Like, no, like, it, it's a ha-ha, like, we're having fun. You know, it's not being portrayed as, as a legit, yeah. you know. It's, um, the mini, it's the mini tables. It's the mini tables. It's the spot through the mini announce table. It's um, everything, damn it. Look, fucking crowd is red hot for this. Yeah. Orange gets, gets on this ladder and act, and acts like he's afraid to jump off of it. Like, cause it's so, cause it's so far down, you know? <laughs> uh, I shouldn't love it, but I love it. Yeah. For all other purposes, we should have hated this, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. This was a perfect kickoff match. It re- it really was, because what the point of the kickoff match really is. If you're at the show a little early, it's to kind of buy you some time. Now it's just happenstance. If you have a kickoff show, more than likely there's a kickoff match. I know they've gotten away from that very very recently, but you also look at AEW, you look at Impact, every pre-show that they do or. You know, behind the impact that they do, um, there's a match on there. And out of all the pre-show matches, this has got to be up there as one of the top ones. Overall, overall performance. <laughs> overall. Now, the bar is low. I get it. But it's it's just the effort that was put into this. And I think that it needs to be rewarded. The finish is actually really good, too. Yes, the spring the springboard off the rope to the, um, now listen, El Torito is wrestling some bitch. I can tell you right now. Oh yeah, like is he micro mini? Like yes, yeah, sure, but he's a wrestling some bitch. Um, also, I forgot whatever their names, Shining Star, whoever. I forgot what are they at Los? What are they at this point? Los. <laughs> um, so they were Los Matadores. They were Los Mat. They were they were Diego, who was yeah, yeah, who was actually Primo Cologne, and then you had Fernando, who was who was Epico. Okay, yeah, oh, that's right, Primo and Primo and Epico. Dude. These gimmicks that they have over their heads. If I listen. If I'd have walked in here and they'd have in the damn room and they'd been like, "Hey Jeff, we're gonna need you to uh, wear this on your head," and like they literally look like fucking Ninja Turtles, it's <laughs> they look like bootleg Ninja Turtles. It, it, it's I had told them I I, I I had a future endeavored myself, but what do I know? <sighs> I think you mean to say the Toxic Turtles, Jeff. Oh, that's yeah. Remember when the Toxic Turtles teamed with your boy Mag- Max Moon? Don't do this to me. <laughs> oh, Max Moon. <laughs> Yuck. Uh, they both have the same theme theme music there for a hot minute too, so don't so don't forget that. Uh, <laughs> uh, any, oh, I, any, uh, any chance I get. I forgot to tell you too. Uh, last week I forgot the wrestler, but when we were watching the show, um, the the WCW slam was Slam Slambury, yeah. 
Um, somebody had Arnie Anderson's music that shouldn't have had shouldn't have had uh, Arnie Anderson's music. I forgot I forgot who it was when I was watching the show. I was like, who's coming out to Arnie Anderson's music? And it wasn't. It was somebody that wasn't Arnie Anderson. I was like, okay, you know. Hmm. So I guess they either just like reused it or whatever. But see now, so now I gotta go go back and watch that now. Yeah, yeah. Who was it? Was it was it Larry Zabisco? You're gonna tell me if it is. I mean, I can't remember, but, but yeah. Shall we get to this pay per view? Yeah. Well, now that um, one of the best matches on the night is out of the way. Um. By the way, El El Torito wins. Um. It, if you want to watch this, you have to go to YouTube. It's about it's about what it's about 11 minutes long the video is like 12 and change you'll yep. be fine it's and and look everybody had fun yeah mm-hmm. facts so we actually kick off this show um with the this is billed as a triple threat elimination match uh, this is between um, Mr. Monday Night himself to be Rob Van Dam. Uh, he is taking on Jack Swagger, who is with Zeb Coulter. And newest Paul Heyman guy, that would be Cesaro. Bet you forgot Cesaro was a Paul Heyman guy for a hot second. Yeah, so I didn't. But as soon as I saw this, I remembered, oh, that's right. That's when Cesaro became a Paul Heyman guy, and they still didn't do anything with him. No, of course not. Because, again, what 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 did he actually do? And, again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not knocking Cesaro. He's great. But, I mean, I just don't get it. Oh, let's see here. Not there. Not there. There, like when the who, who the uh, what um, what's what's his face's name McGillicuddy? Oh, I put him with, <laughs> I put him with Curtis, him too. Curtis Axel, Curtis Axel. Oh. Um, so let's see. Um, on the July 21st episode of Raw, Cesaro ended his partnership with Paul Heyman. Um, this is also the same time when they told him to stop using the swing because it's a face move and not a heel move. <laughs> Jesus. WWE. <laughs> this is also the time of all this bu- of, of all that bullshit too, though. Yeah. You know, of like, don't say this, don't say that, don't do this, don't do that. You know, yeah. like, uh Yep, so it was the night after WrestleMania. Um, never thought you'd hear Hulk Hogan in this episode, but you are. Um, he's on Raw endorsing um, Cesaro's uh, victory at WrestleMania with the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Um, this is when he dumps Zeb Coulter as his manager. Um and then says that he's a Paul Heyman guy. Eh, whatever. But then you only get three months 
of Cesaro being a Paul Heyman guy. Do you remember anything in those three months? Nope. He I did sure he, as hell don't. he won. No, Axel won the belt. Axel won the Intercontinental belt. Uh, if memory shows me correct. Yeah, probably. Right. I think. Let's see. I think. Curtis Axel got with Heyman and won the Intercontinental Belt, and that was that. Well, yeah. Mem- yeah. Memory serves me correct. Yeah. Um. So only a couple notable things from the run here. Um. Obviously, we're going to talk about this here in a second. Um. It would be at Payback in June. He faced Sheamus for the U.S. title and lost. Um. He was in Money in the Bank, um, which was won by Cena. And then he drops Hayden. So this is pretty much it. Okay. Oh. But I know that you are right about Curtis Axel. Um. Also, that's another guy who isn't really doing anything, right? Like. Oh, you mean like now, or you mean like at in at general? Time? In general, like. Um, it says, um, he was released June, July, August of 22. I, mm. Curtis Axel, yeah, he was wow, in, that WWE means... in a backstage wow, that... capacity. Okay, I'd say that means he was on the payroll for a long time. Yep, wow, yep. Um, so. It was the May 20th, 2013 episode where he was no longer McGillicuddy, but he came out as his name, Curtis Axel. Um, Paul Heyman was his was his new manager. Um, I, Look, there's no shot you get this. He had a re-debut match as Curtis Axel that night on Raw. He won. Who did he face? Oh, as, as the Paul Heyman guy? It, it's not a Paul Heyman guy, but... No, 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 no. When Curtis... I, th- yes. This is the match. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so this is the this is debut match on Raw. Alex You're Riley? Not even close. Okay, no idea. Triple H. He beat Triple H? Um, he won by knockout after Triple H suffered concussion-like symptoms and oh, collapsed outside the ring. Fucking right. That's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. So, oh, so this is all building up to him being wow. the intercontinental champion. So from there, um. He beats Inkara on SmackDown. And then two straight weeks weeks on Raw, he beat John Cena, who was the WWE champion at this time. Um, both non-title matches, um, both by count out due to the two two distractions by Ryback. I um, forgot about that. And then on SmackDown, he beat Chris Jericho because Jericho was distracted by Punk. Um and then on Raw, he defeated Triple H twice. Wow. 
once by disqualification and once by forfeit. And then at payback, he went over Wade Bear and The Miz uh, to win the IC title. What the hell is going on? Oh, my God. Look, that's <laughs> I, – I didn't know the Triple H thing. I knew the Chris Jericho one. You don't you you remember you you remember you remember Triple H like being knocked out. You don't remember that? No, um well now that I'm talking about it, yeah. Um so this is his first and only run. It lasted a hundred and fifty-five days. Well. Yeah. Hmm. Um Extra credit point if you can tell me who took it off Curtis Axel. Uh, no idea. Um, let's see. What, so the year's twenty fifteen, twenty thirteen. Oh my god, twenty thirteen. Okay, yeah. Give so me this is towards the end. It's it's on an episode of Raw, November eighteenth, twenty thirteen. Give me something, just a little. Can you give me a bite? Uh, bite at the apple. So um, twenty thirteen. His. His name would be later shortened. So his name is longer here. That's everybody. Um, Not Rusev? No. Um, This is a nail on the head here. Um, He was was a lackey for Dolph Ziggler. Oh, Oh, boy. Mr. Langston. That would be Mr. Biggie Langston, who after um, four months... um, would shorten his name uh to Big E. Um so mm. but anyway back to this triple threat match. <laughs> are we are we gonna do a show or <laughs> eh, I don't know. <laughs> Look if this if if, if this ain't the best got... episode hey if this We're... ain't the best episode on Raw on the WWE ne- network I don't know what is That's... um so by the way, this show is in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Um, Same place I went to WrestleMania. Yeah, uh, which is which is wild because RVD gets a good size pop. Um, Jack Swagger does not. But then Paul Heyman comes out to introduce Cesaro, and he's playing to the crowd like he's in damn Philly. Like, oh, yeah, the king of extreme. Like, yeah. It's a little meh. Fucking fingerprints, fucking four and a half year old asshole. Yeah, um, but the but this is fine. Um, RVD doing RVD like things. What I will say is the one on one because spoiler, Jack Swire gets eliminated first. The RVD versus Cesaro that we get in the back half of this match is better than the triple threat that they have at the beginning. Say it again. The RVD and Cesaro one-on-one after Swagger gets eliminated is better than the match before Swagger gets eliminated. Yeah, yeah. I agree with you on that one. Um, Swagger, I think, is overrated. Never been a never been a big guy like a like like an above mid mid card guy for me. Um, 
Some some he has he has the test effect. <laughs> this is the test, test, test. Um, yeah, he I'm with you. I was never a swagger guy. But with that being said, though, once he the we the people thing kind of kind of won him over for me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in my eyes, that was big, you know, like I just thought oh, that yeah. that was big and he was over and all, you know, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, but I, out outside of that, no. And now um, he has a purple and I was getting paid to have to not wrestle and wear a purple hat. So good for him. Yeah, pretty much. Um gonna sub something here very 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 quickly um because we record as aw dynamite is is on the air we do have a challenge from the from the elite to the blackpool combat club because that feud didn't end with anarchy in the arena hmm. um, like the, nothing like the blow off match not actually working got it yeah um oh because the build is for blood and guts, Jeff. Oh, yeah. You should have known. Um, and then the CM Punk return match is made official for AEW Saturday Collision. It is CM Punk and FTR in a six, well, sorry, in a trios match. Fucking assholes. Um, taking on Bullet Club Gold and Samoa Joe. So... So let me get this right. <laughs> so you're going to burn. Well, you know what? I, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to get upset because what's a fucking matter? Like no one knows. No, no one watching now has any idea about CM Punk ever wrestling Samoa Joe and the war that they had. Um, and also Carrie Silken coming on, uh, on a show saying that, that was literally the reason that got Ring of Honor out the red. Remember yeah. when they were in the red at some point? Or about to go under or whatever, but <clears throat> no one's gonna know anything about that. And then you're gonna give that to us and a three man tag, or I'm sorry, a six man tag. Yeah, trios. And I already, I already heard the fucking dickheads all over, seen all over Twitter, like CM Punk, like he didn't sell tickets to the show. Like, oh god, shut up, like. No. So then it's business as usual then, right? If Punk isn't a draw now, um, and they weren't doing any business before, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, they were before initially the first time, but if they weren't doing any business, um, you know, since you you know, by saying he's coming back, then what has really changed then? Like get the hell out of here. Yep. Well. God, stop telling me this shit. We're never gonna be able to finish this damn show. Um so a nice little segment though to eliminate Jack Swagger. Um so we get oh god damn it scroll down too far. There we go. Yeah. Um Cesaro hits a hits a suplex while Swagger is on the apron, which is fantastic because Cesaro is um a brick is is a brick shit house. Facts. Absolutely. Um, and it's timed so perfectly. RVD hits a five-star frog splash right after that. Eliminates Swagger, and Zeb Coulter is at ringside, and he looks like such a disappointed father. <laughs> it, like, ugh, you 
fucked that up. But uh, but then we get a nice little oh yeah, we get a nice little back and forth with RVD and Cesaro. Um, weapons start coming into play here. Um, whatever. Um, not going to get into it now being a one-on-one contest and us being able to use weapons. We'll tackle that beast later. Um, <laughs> the only rule, uh, Ryan, is uh, that there isn't any rules. Uh, no, you know what the one rule is, Jeff? What is it? Oh, Reverie's discretion. Uh, I worked myself. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Oh, shout out, shout out to Cod Sinclair. <laughs> wherever he is. Also, shout out to Todd Sinclair, wherever he is. Yeah, where's your dad? Uh, I I have no idea. I wish I, I wish I knew. He came. Hey, he went out for a pack of smokes and just never came back. Uh-huh. That'll do it. <laughs> Um, RVD goes for a five star, but he eats shit into a trash can. Um, then Cesaro hits the neutralizer on said trash can to win. Nothing was on the line here. This was just to keep the momentum going for Cesaro after winning the battle royale. But as we've already kind of gotten into here, nothing really happens. We go backstage. Daniel Bryan is getting his shoulder looked at by a trainer. Stephanie McMahon shows up and she's like, I know you're the last person that I'm the last person that you want to see. But But. (laughs) I can't I can't control Kane and you should just surrender the WWE title. Yeah. (laughs) And then it it was it wasn't a great segment, but it's just another reason for Stephanie to say bitch. So yeah. Uh, but she does say that uh well because Dana Bryan is like, oh, I'm gonna walk in, or I'm gonna walk out the same way I walked in as the world heavyweight champion. And then she's like, You're not gonna walk out the world heavyweight champion. You're gonna walk out. Ooh, what's that word that Bree used? Oh, Kane's bitch. Crowd pop for it. Okay, fine. <sighs> Up next, we have a two-on-one handicap match uh, with R-Truth and Xavier Woods. This is pre-New Day here, folks. Uh, taking on um, the young, out-of-shape Alexander Rusev, um, who is also with Lana. At this point, we do get the ravishing Russian Lana, who has her own theme music, hooray, um, introducing Alexander Rusev, and they are de- and they are dedicating the match to um, to to their idol, Russian President Vladimir Putin, as Michael Cole would say it. Um, for the record, Alexander Rusev. Born in Bulgaria, but is now Russian. Well, go fucking figure. Yeah, well, no, I'm not going to give. Her, I'm not going to go on that road here because we'll be talking about that for another twenty minutes too. But yes, and this this was a throwaway. Like 
it, it got Rusev over, like, yes, which it was supposed to do. Yeah. Um, Lana's easy on the eyes, and it kind of got her over. This this, this whole, I mean, I, I was a big Rusev fan. You know, and again, when you go go down Rusev Day and everything else and all that, again, never forget that he was completely wasted and they didn't do a damn thing with him. But, yeah, this was... This was a raw match, would 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 you say? Uh, yes. Um, I think you're missing the bigger picture here. Is that it's Alexander Rusev versus two thirds of Team Pac Man. <laughs> Lest oh. we forget, Jeffrey, and this is my TNA Homer coming out in me once again. Um, don't forget. That Ron the Truth Killings, also known as R Truth, mm-hmm. and Adam Pacman Jones were the world tag team champions in TNA. And have God tell you that TNA is good or was good at some point and still is good, slash, at uh, some point. Fuck you. Oh, okay. Imagine, imagine that. Um, I'll give you one guess, Jeff, as to who Team Pac-Man beat at No No Surrender 2007 for the TNA World Tag Team Championships. My God. I just couldn't couldn't name you a... I'll give you a hint. I'll give you a hint. You're going to be real pissed. (laughs) Actually, one of these will be real pissed about. The other one... Uh, you might actually be happy about. All right, tell me. Kurt Angle and Sting. <laughs> oh, this geez. is this is the night that. Why are the uh, tag team champs together? This is the night that Kurt Angle pulls off three peat. Um, he is the, This is Kurt Angle's um belt belt collector gimmick because not only is he one half of the tag champions, he's the X division champion. And the TNA World Heavyweight Champion at this point. Okay, now I've got to watch this run. Yeah! (laughs) Because if Kurt Angle's got three belts, then I need to see it. I need to see it. Jeff, I've been trying to tell you. Oh, you're still full of shit, but. Oh, fuck you. You know what? You said said this 2007. So what's Jeff Jarrett doing? What is he not doing? I'm just saying, like if 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 Angle's got all three belts, and man, what the hell's going on with my guy? I mean, because ain't he great? I'm not gonna question whether or not he's great or not. Um, see, now I've got. God damn it! I we we hate this show so much that this is where we're at. Um. So let's see here. Um. April 15th, lockdown. Jarrett made his in-ring return. Um, Team Angle defeated Team Cage. Um, Oh, he's in a brief feud with Robert Roode. Loses to him at Sacrifice. And then um, he leaves due to personal issues. And then he doesn't come back until hard justice the next year. It's about a year off. So this is his period in time where he's trying to do more back, try to try to do more backstage stuff. Okay. Um, 
so he's not really an on-screen character at this point, but um but yeah, so that is uh Team Pac-Man. But you might be asking yourself, well, where does where does um where does Xavier Woods come come into play here? What's what's going on? Well, I'm so glad you asked. So <laughs> God damn it. I I don't know why I do this to myself. So this is at uh Bound for Glory. Um Adam Pacman Jones isn't allowed to wrestle a full match uh due to his current contract. So you're brought oh, stop stop. So they bring in um his um Xavier Woods at the time he wasn't even consequences creed yet he was Rashid oh. Lucius Creed Rashid Lucius Creed what in the um, hell is he a banker <laughs> is he the devil incarnate what I guess what's going on um this is the um th- this is the infamous making it rain um th- this was uh, from the Wrestling Observer newsletter as the most disgusting promotional tactic of 2007. Um, it was the overall signing of Adam Pac- Pac-Man Jones. And then at the end of this match where Creed is brought in because it's Creed and R-Truth taking on AJ Styles and Tyson Tomko. Okay. Um, so Pac- so Pac-Man Jones is in this uh I wouldn't say manager role, but he's on the outside just standing there. Um, mm-hmm. He tries to interfere in the match, but he's now – but Earl Earl Hebner's the ref. He starts throwing oh, in at Earl Hebner, and it looks like it's making it rain. Distracts him, misses the pin, and then Styles and Tomko counter win. So. See, and then – and that's <laughs> – it's the exact reason why TNA will always be TNA you for me. Good. Look, look, with all of the bad stuff you get, there's twice as much good stuff that comes with it. At least, at least the pre-Hogan era. I... Oh, here you go. Anyway, Rusev wins. Um, Right before the match, he takes out Xavier Woods, the, um, Medical team come out and look at him. So it's essentially a one-on-one match, and he defeats our truth in less than three minutes. Jesus. Well, afterwards, um, Rusev picks up Xavier Woods and then hits a fallaway slam on him on the floor. So <laughs> yeah. Um, so we get Renee Young, who's interviewing the three members of Evolution. Well, three out of the four, sorry. Um, that'd be Triple H, Batista, and Randy Killer Orton. Um, they're wearing the new shirts. Jeff wants one. If he doesn't have one, he's... Um, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty good promo here. They're saying between each other, they have 31 world championships. Uh, Batista's the most powerful and destructive man in Double Double E. Um... Ran Randy Orton is the most naturally gifted athlete ever. Um, this this is also a time where I'm riding hard 
So a buddy of mine loves Randy Orton. And not that Randy Orton isn't good, but I just was I hate I hated this idea back in this time where he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Like he, again, people were telling you, like, oh, well, like they had to tell him to stop doing drop kicks because he was getting hurt because he was just that good of a athlete, you know. Like, let's stop. Just everybody pump the brakes. Go ahead. And it, uh, oh my god! This is the thing with some of these shows is that they just drudge up some. You know what I'm saying? They just drudge up a bunch of bullshit that I just thought. You know, I forgot that was not out of my lot. You know, that was out of my head, but it actually is there. It's still lying dormant, living rent free for whatever fucking reason. Don't worry. Next week's episode is coming up quick, so. Uh. Don't don't forget. <sighs> um, pretty good segment though. Um, Batista didn't say anything, which was kind of interesting. But yeah, we do have an intercontinental championship match coming up next. It is uh, Big E. Hey there, uh, taking on. Oh, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Taking on my man, way. Barrett. Barrett Barrage. Uh, I, this, is, this is bad news, Barrett. When I tell you that me and probably Mr. Barrett's mother are were the only two people <laughs> and and probably his significant other family members, you know, obviously. Casa de Barrett. Mm. We're the only people who loves Wade Barrett. I mean, I just can't tell you enough. Again, I've probably told this story a thousand times until a thousand and one. We were at a Raw, SmackDown, something, whatever, what have you. He beat somebody for the Intercontinental title, like on Raw or whatever the show we went to. And I'm telling you, I was the only one standing up and cheering. The only one. Matter of fact, someone told me to sit down and a couple of ra- racial slurs. Let that blow your mind. But yeah, you know, just I can't tell you how much I love some Wade Bear. I uh, I think it goes without saying he's that. I mean, aside from Daniel Bryan, who was already an established guy from that original NXT group, um, Wade Barrett is um, the best guy to come out of that season of oh. NXT. Yeah, a hundred percent. I don't count. I don't count Daniel Bryan because he's. Brian Danielson, because he's great. I mean, you know, there's a place called Ring of Honor. I know it didn't exist, but now it does again, even though it's not. But to make a long story short, yeah, he was an already, you know, made man, if you will, um, wrestling wise, in, in my eyes at least. But yeah, no doubt. Um, this match was fine. Um, it was very so. This match goes for less than eight minutes, which whatever it's w it's WWE in the mid twenty tens, but it was kind of one one sided for the most part. It felt like um, it felt like it felt like Barrett had um, the one up on him until the back portion of the match when Biggie hit his comeback, but. Um, 
fans kind of weren't in into it at all, and it was it was it was it was kind of a weird match. What do you think? Yeah, uh, yeah. Again, this is this was another raw match. The whole damn yeah. card to me, minus a handful of things, is a raw match to me, or raw matches to me. But yeah. I, I dig I dig what you're saying. I think you're hundred percent correct, actually. And like I said, he hits his um he hits his comeback towards the back end of the match. Um he goes for the big ending, Barrett slips us out of it. Um and then and then BNB hits the bull hammer elbow, um, gets the win. This would make it his fourth. Intercontinental Championship. And I I can't tell you I remember one thing from Biggie's Intercontinental Championship brain other than the fact that he wanted from Curtis Axel which just found out today. Yeah. Seriously. The more you know, right? Yeah, exactly. Do 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 do. Video package for a debuting Adam Rose on Raw. Huzzah. Uh, Get the video. Yeah. I, I... What's it? Don't be a what be a rosebud. What is it? Don't be a what be a rosebud. Oh, gosh. I can't remember. I tuned him out. <sighs> I didn't really know what to well, think well, of Adam Rose, but I was about to ask you, what's your take on Adam Rose? It was it was more expensive than No Way Jose. Oh, I'm not going to do this on this tonight. No, no way, no, no, Jose. No. 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 <laughs> That's not your guy. No way, Jose. <sighs> Ryan Connington's favorite wrestler and no, uh, Roosh, one of a friend of the show, Patrick's favorite wrestler. They're friends. Yeah. They're actually friends. <laughs> Sam and Wawa. Mm-hmm. Never, never forget. Um, I enjoyed Adam Rose's other gimmick as Leo Kruger more. But in reality, I feel like this was just a... This was No Way Jose before No Way Jose. And... That's probably a good way to put it. It's probably a good way to put it. Yeah, yeah. And that's... And it's... There is a place for it in sport in sports entertainment and i have to make that very clear because what adam rose does and what no way jose does um that is more sports entertainment than your professional wrestling so you look at somebody like you you look at somebody like dalton castle who you know has the boys there we go and 
And it's not that he has 90 boys out there every single time. It's a consistent two. And then sometimes for bigger events, he has more like eight, 10. So it's not as, as consistent as that. And plus he's a better worker. So. It's going to be what it's going to be. Also um, two time um, FCW heavyweight champion, Adam Rose. Yeah. Oh my God. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole. <laughs> Just Careful. some of the uh names of other former FCW heavyweight champions. Uh Jake Hager. <sighs> uh Seamus O'Shaughnessy. Oh wow. Yep. O'Shaughnessy. Should you should have kept the O'Shaughnessy? How about this one? Eric Escobar. And Joe Hennig. Yep. Drew McIntyre. Yep. Tyler Rex. Tyler Rex. That's another one. Ooh, boy, this is this is memory lane right here. Yeah. Uh Heath Miller, also known as current as current day Heath. Mm-hmm. Oh Heath. Justin Angel. Justin Angel. Uh, what happened to all the good names? <laughs> they're they're coming up. Okay. Um, Alex Riley. I'll say it to his face. Mason Ryan. Mason Ryan. Yes. Yeah. Bo Rotundo. Well, Bo Rotundo, Mr. Dallas, Bo Leave, or Uncle Howdy is still up no. for debate, but mm-hmm. Uncle Howdy. How about this one? Lucky Cannon. I don't know that one, actually. Um, He's kind of fizzled out, it looks like. Um, developmental deal with FCW, jobbed around. NXT. Luck, luck. Oh... He was in, he was on the TV show and Mark Henry was his uh mentor. Mm. God damn second season of NXT. What the f- was there anybody no- notable in that? Oh my gosh. This was the this was the McGillicuddy season. So this also had Titus O'Neil, Eli Cottonwood. Eli Cottonwood. Yep. Uh, Percy Watson. Percy. Husky Harris. Oh, Husky Harris. Yeah, I wonder what he's doing these days. <laughs> he's making Mason Muther Pitha daddy. <laughs> Alex Riley, Michael McGillicuddy, and God damn it, if you know who won this second season of NXT, the TV show. I... <laughs> who won the first get... season? Wade. Oh, oh, you won't. Yeah, that's a given. Sorry. Okay. Um, um, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a hit. The pros were lay cool. Yeah. Oh, jeez. And it's and it's a male talent. Damn it! Give it to me. Of all. Oh, jeez! What in the hell? Um, 
Yeah. Can't you tell how, how much we enjoyed this pay-per-view that we're, that well, we're just... Uh, gonna... It, 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 it's shit and we can really run really there's only one more match I give a fuck about but then it jumps to Leo Leo Kruger of, of course um, Leo Kruger to Mike Dalton Mike Dalton Mikey D do you know who Mike Dalton is I do not Tyler it... Breeze oh okay yeah um is and in then my you, eyes when you then, look at me. Fuck Sorry. You. Damn it. Tell the reason, um, my guy. And then it goes to Seth Rollins. Um, Seth Rollins loses it to, I kid you not, Rick Victor. Rick Victor. Um, Rick Victor, also known as Victor. <laughs> One Rick. half. Yep. You know you're you know you're screwed when you have two first names, Rick Victor. <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> Who? <laughs> oh, uh, oh. For example, Mason Riley. Or sorry, Mason Ryan. Sorry. Yeah, close enough. Alex close, Riley. Close enough. Uh, yeah. Um, and then. Goes back to Bo, back to Rick Victor, and then the final FCW heavyweight champion, Richie Steamboat. Oh, man. I forgot. Yeah. What's Steamboat, son? That's right. Then he didn't end up getting a back injury or he ended up hurting his back or something like that, right? If memory serves me correct. Yeah. Um. Yep. His last televised match was it was um a six man tag with oh fucking shit Cassius Ono and and the Ascension taking on Steamboat and the Usos. Um this is a back surgery that required surgery. And the Usos, holy shit. That's let you know um, how long, you know. Yeah. It was a year plus after that he got released from his contract. Um, it was contradicted, but yeah. Um, but then in 2015, um, whoever his father is, I don't know, um, stated that due to the injury and the surgery, <laughs> he would be unable to wrestle again. Well, there we go. Yeah. So, way to be a rosebud, y'all. Um, video package for Evolution and the Shield. Um, they come out. Um. Evolution comes out. Michael Cole says they look better than ever. Okay. They also look older and with shorter hair. Why would... Fuck you, Michael Cole. Michael Uh, Cole. um, Or was he insufferable around this time period? Yeah. Um, And then you get the shield, obviously. Uh, Sierra Hotel... India Echo Lima Delta Shield. Mark. It's I've done it a couple times now, so I feel like it's just canon. Um, this is my match of the night, hands down. Um, you have six guys in the ring that can work. And fucking get it. And look. You have 
Triple H, who just came off of a solid run, who who had a WrestleMania match. Batista, Rand, Randy Orton were in the main event of the WrestleMania that was just the previous month. So they're doing something right. Then on the other side, get this. You have The Shield, who had a match at WrestleMania 30 that went for three minutes. Uh, and Ambrose is your United States champion, too, by the way. Oh, uh, yeah. Don't forget about that. Um, they wrestled Kane and the New Age Outlaws at WrestleMania. So, uh, so <laughs> gotta, gotta stick Jeff with the knife and then turn it when I say Kane and the New Age Outlaws. Uh, but yeah. This is a really strong six-man tag. Um, the point of this match, and I, I watched it. I watched it twice. Ooh. Um, I watched it with a. Uh, I want to say a different perspective the second time through. Where this match is designed, start to finish to put the shield over. There is no other point to this match. And you might be saying to yourself, oh, well, you know, fucking paper, you know, it's the shield who's young and up and coming stable and an evolution, the guys that are supposed to lay on their back. Um, Did we just not see the build to WrestleMania where we had Batista win the Rumble, Orton was the champion, Triple H is... Dicking over Daniel Bryan every single chance he gets to not get the world championship. The build is around evolution and the authority and the build to WrestleMania. And then it just doesn't die after WrestleMania. You have to at least keep it going a little bit. Yeah. Um, Again, believe it or not, there was wrestling before 2017. Yeah. This was a big deal. Yes. Like, this really was an actual big deal because Evolution coming back was a big deal. The Shield, and you, you got to think too inside the company, like pulling the curtain back, that, you know, uh, you, you just don't let anybody wrestle Randy Orton, Batista, and Triple H. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and and if, so 2014 was this? Did we have the network yet, or were they still actual pay per views here? Yes. So this is this is the network era. Oh, okay. So yeah, this was a big this was a big big deal, and this was a good match. I also left this again through the lens of 2014, as in man, fucking Rollins is a star. God, he's a star. Yeah. And of course he is because he's Tyler Black and he's a runner guy, but oh, he's such a star. Man, he's such a star. But yeah, this, again, this match was a big deal. This was um, this is the match of the night. This is a good match. This is kind of, this is your pay-per-view. Yes. This is what you would have paid to see if this wasn't a premium live event. But well, yeah. Let me let me just chime in that real quick. This is the era that the network is just starting. So 
there is still this very gray area of you either have the network or -hmm. you're paying for this pay-per-view. So this pay-per-view gets 108,000 buys, okay? Which is a very skewed number because if you have the network, you're not paying for the pay-per-view. So... God. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. So now you're, I'm hijacking it from you, but now you're telling me, you know, a hundred, you said 108. Yeah. And that's excluding the views on WWE network. Yeah. So imagine God bless. I mean, they could have cleaned house, you know what I mean? If they didn't have the network, they could have cleaned house. If it did 108 with the network, because you gotta think there's gotta be, at least another 108,000 people that have the network, right? You know, if not way more than that, but man. It's since we've just been tearing this show down and tearing this time down on the airwaves. If I could just go back in time too, man, I just can't tell you how great the network was. So just all RIP. Just yeah, just all of the wrestling, Smoky Mountain, all the way to, I mean, just all the stuff. And hopefully you can get back. Well, actually, let me ask you this, Kyle. I think I've asked you before, but can you, is the old network still up? Like, can you still use it through the WWE at, like network app or is it just not, it doesn't work that way? So you have to, so it's, um, obviously so I we have, have Peacock. Peacock. Yeah, we have we have Peacock, but over overseas, they still have the network. So if you use a VPN, you can still oh, you access can have... the network. Yeah. Okay, man, I might actually get a VPN then. But yes, um, just so great. But yeah, this is a great match. This is top notch. Nobody looks out of place again. Dean Ambrose is a way better work- worker than John Moxley. Triple H delivers. Batista delivers. Randy Orton delivers, and it's it's billed as top guys doing top guy things. The beginning of the match is good, where they're all kind of in the ring, just squaring off. It just kind of shows you the the scale of everything. This is good. <sighs> yeah. Would you what would you think the second time around? Like you said, by watching it twice. Yeah. So. The first time I watched it through, I was like, okay, so this could end either way. So this could be evolution doing authority type stuff to where they're gonna it's gonna be a schmoz finish and it's gonna be bullshit. Or they could actually do the right thing and put the shield over, which they did. But seeing it the second time through, there's there, there's just subtle differences and changes that you notice with um, you know, just ebbs and flows that you're more focused on the second time through, where there's a little bit of a momentum change. And it was now, I mean, the match was as good the second time as it was the first viewing. No, no, you know, no doubt, but yeah, see, seeing it and watching it from that perspective really opened up that. You know, the that this was an authority job. It was what was best for business. It really was. And if you look at it, you've got 
you you have Seth Rollins, you already said star. You've got Roman, who is still fresh, I think, in pe- in people's eyes here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he wouldn't get really booed until later. Um, and then you have Dean Ambrose, who we've said it on this show multiple times. Dean Ambrose is better than Seth Rollins. Or yes. I'm sorry, Dean. Sorry, Dean. You know what I'm trying to say. Dean Ambrose is better than John Moxley. Also, shout out to Bleeding John. Those guys do a great job over there. But this match, start to start to finish, is great. Um, it gives Rollins a chance to showcase his at his athleticism. Um, well, he he's bumping his ass off the first. Oh yeah, fifteen. Well, not fifteen, but ten minutes is damn thing. Yeah, and then you get Dean Ambrose, who is. Kind of, kind of the spitfire in this thing, and then it was booked well too because you're not burning Roman Reigns out throughout the match because he's still young. This is not yeah. Tribal Chief Roman Reigns, where I don't, I don't want to compare it to Goldberg, but you know how Goldberg matches shouldn't go above a certain limit, a certain time limit. That's this. You don't want to burn Roman Reigns out too quick for this. So you save him till the end. It was great. And here's the most important part. They went over fucking clean. Yeah. Yeah, there was no tomfoolery. There was no shithousery. It just was. It just was what it was. I mean, it was a, I mean, well, I'm, I'm going to say that and say it was a little bit, but, <laughs> but I mean, I mean, there was your, your normal shenanigans, but. You know oh, yeah. the the actual ending was as cool as you like. Yeah, and you know what? The right guy ate the pin too. But we all knew yeah. that Batista wasn't sticking around. Uh, I mean, so we're looking at 2014. So they would go on to face. The shield again at payback. They lost, and then on the raw after payback, um, but uh, Batista wanted a um, WWE title shot, and then he quit. But this was a legitimate quit because uh, it was just creative di- uh, differences. Um. Also, too, when you saw Batista, did you think in your head a little bit? Yeah me what i want yeah. <laughs> give me what i want and then do you know do you want. know do you know the story behind that no so he had he had actual things to say but he forgot his lines so he just kept on repeating give give me what i want give me what i want i mean if you're gonna do it uh it's not bad you know what i'm saying I mean, you're right, but hey. Yeah. I don't know. It could be worse things, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, he was definitely. That's what you get for being out the game for a while. Yeah, exactly. Um, Also, I know we were talking about the network. Just to kind of put this into retrospect here. I want to compare it to Double or Nothing 2021. 
Um, and the only reason I want to do that is because we said that this show was a, 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 approximately 108,000 pay-per-view buys, which is excluding the network, right? Um, Dollar Nothing 21 got about 115,000 buys, okay? <laughs> the notable aspect of double or nothing 2021 is this is the first show that was back open fully open to the public it just goes to show you and can we sorry i'm making you do this can we what's a pay-per-view in 2014 40 bucks probably well hd's out now you're probably looking at we're probably looking at 50, yeah. Okay, can we times that times what? Uh, what, 108, so, uh, 109, or 8,000, 9,000? Multiply that yeah, bad boy up. 50 times, this is 108,000. Mm. So 5.4 million. 5.4 million dollars. That's just buys. That's just buys. Can we can we adjust that for inflation? Like yeah, y- like y- yes, twenty fourteen isn't it's. Well, hell, I'll take that back. I'm getting old. It's it's almost ten years ago. Yeah, it's almost ten years yeah. ago at this point. Pretty so much ten years. Ten years might might make a difference. You know. Is this it? Okay, so we've got. Man. This was May of twenty fourteen, and now we're looking at. There we go, and we're looking at five four million. So for inflation, we're almost at six point nine million dollars. Okay, yeah. So see, yeah, there we go. So almost two million dollars, right? Roughly, uh, closer to one point five. But I, but that's okay, okay. but that's the oh, thing. Oh, six point nine. Okay, but an AW okay, pay, but so, an so, AW pay per view is still fifty bucks in twenty twenty three. Yeah. Uh, again, WWE always be top dog, and it should be. Again, to be fair, they've got sixty years, well, longer than that if you count WWF. But yeah, top notch match, top notch match. A little yeah. bit of everything, stuff outside the ring, stuff in the ring. Everything kind of makes sense. No one's super kicking people, and they're shoes are exploding and we don't really understand the context of it or why. So none of that. This is a stadium match without the, without the shit housery. Yeah. The steel cage is lowering Jeff. For who, what are you talking about? We get a video package for Bray uh, Wyatt and uh, John Cena. If you remember at WrestleMania 30, you had this fantastic video package with John Cena and Bray Wyatt. Bray's whole thing is, you know, the fans don't love you. You're not working for the fans. You need to turn over to the dark side, essentially. And he gives him the opportunity, gives him a chair in the middle of the ring, goes to hit him. Nope. Decides against it and wins the match. 
I guess this feud isn't over yet because now we have them in a steel cage. Um, this match blue. <laughs> this is this was dumb. Yes. Um, this also has um the distinction <sighs> as being seconds shy of the longest match of the night. This is to protect John Cena. Yeah, and it's it's just blatant and obvious. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and I get, like, if you want to protect John Cena, no problem. Like, I got it. Uh, it so pisses me off, but he's John Cena. But just have him come in and beat him up, or, you know, like, well, they, they kind of did, but I, I don't know. I just didn't like the, the, we're out of the cage, then we're in the cage, then we're beating people up, and we got little kids, and we're holding door. Like it just, it just overbooked. Yeah, you, you knew, you knew, and I guess obviously that's the point. But like you knew once they came out there, he wasn't going to win, and like that's fair. But it just could have been done. Like every time you climb the cage, we're going to block you and climb the cage. You can't get out. Like, yeah, stupid. See. <laughs> The way I would have rebooked this is fuck the other two Wyatts. You still have the end here, right? You can still do everything you want to in this match with the finish that they ended up doing. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with you, like a hundred percent. So the finish here is um, you see the Wyatt family logo on. On the Tron, lights go out, lights come back on. You have a a child standing on the steps, and he's singing that he's got the whole world in his hands, but it's a different voice. And then um, Wyatt hits Sister Abigail and then just walks out. Yeah, and then there's points where, like, Cena goes over, and then one of the Wyatt family members has a chair and is waiting for him to get down. It's like, well, yeah, you're, you're already over there, like, why would you why wouldn't you just drop down and win the match then? You know, yeah. like mm-hmm. I don't want to get hit by this chair. Like it's not a chainsaw, it's a chair. I just <laughs> like I, I know why. I was confused. Just uh, like I got I mean, it. Like so you know, here's but, my problem with this. Why couldn't we have given Bray Wyatt the win at WrestleMania? It, no, well, yeah. If 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 you were gonna do this, then yes. Yeah dumb but what you beat you beat him there and then well, you could have you know you, again you could have tom fuller you should house there to you know to make it safe for cena but to string it along to put it in a cage ugh. yeah <coughs> do they wrestle again and pay back oh they sure fucking do no oh, jeez. yeah there's a um there's a few rematches here from this show. On there, Cena Wyatt, um, the Shield Evolution. Yeah, we'll cover it soon. Sure. Oh, all right. Oh my God. Okay. Um. <laughs> yep. It, it's it's you look down the line here a little bit. Um. You you get the um. 
quote unquote panel of experts, they can go fuck themselves. Then we get the Divas Championship match. Um, that is between your current champion Paige taking on Tamina Snuka. VA said nobody. And it's 2014 because they're still they're still saying uh Superfly Jimmy Snuka's name on <laughs> Uh, you know. Um. So, Paige also current current day Soraya. Um, she got a little bit of fire behind her right now. She just made her debut the night after WrestleMania 30. Um, she congratulates AJ Lee on her title defense. Um, AJ slaps her. We get a match. Paige wins. She is the youngest Divas champion in. History. She's also the first woman to hold both the Divas Championship and the NXT Women's Championship at the same time because yeah, she was also yeah, was big. in. Yeah. This was big. So, got that going for her. So, she's got a little bit of movement behind her. Uh, Tamina's there. Uh, uh, it. I mean, no one gives a shit about this match, but, but with that, with that said, um, I mean, it wasn't awful. Like it wasn't terrible. Um, Tamita's not a bad worker, so I'll give her her props there. But it just to anything following that match was going to be screwed over anyway. But, I mean. It's a match, so there you go. So, Paige was in it. And... There is storyline to this. Um, so at the time, Tamina was AJ's lackey. Um, and the whole reason that AJ lost her title in the first place is because she um, asked for and was given time off. So it was a battle royal to determine the number one contender, NXT style, and... Tamina wins. So she actually um kind of has a reason here to be in this in this contest. Um fun fact, Tamina tears her ACL. So then oh, in, in in this match? Um it's not in this match. Um oh it might be. Um but she tears her ACL. <laughs> oh, it might be. <laughs> it might be. She tears her ACL. Um, and then on June fourth, she has she has surgery, and then she's gone for over for almost a year. So it's possible. It didn't matter because Paige at this point in her career can work circles around Tamina. Yes. Yeah. There. This is a. This is another example of what we're getting ready to see here in the main event you just had somebody win a championship so whoever you feed to this person the crowd the fans everybody watching already knows that there's not going to be a title change yep page just won the title yep so it was a good decision to put somebody like Tamina in there. It's 
not going to hurt her stock anymore. And it's the same with Kane, as we're going to see here in, ju in just a minute. But it wasn't great. wasn't good. It was meh. Um, backstage promo, Bray Wyatt with, uh, with, with the fam. He's with the child who is quote unquote, little Johnny, uh, from, mm. yeah, somebody called art, our truth. We got a gimmick infringement. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he says, follow the buzzards. Okay. Video package for Daniel Bryan versus Kane. It's the main event. Um, Daniel Bryan comes out first, and then Kane comes. Um, so, so this happened. Uh, so this was this was a match. Yeah, and it just wasn't really. The people were hot for Daniel Bryan, but like Cod said before we got on here, you knew damn well he wasn't going to lose. You know, like he wasn't going to lose. So, and again, like, I, I, you know, you could say Jeff, well, yeah, no shit, but the, you got to have a pay per view. And that's fair. Like, don't get me wrong. That's fair. And again, you know, you'd have been hard pressed putting it with anybody. I got it. But, Man, I just just couldn't care less at all. What I will give this match a whole bunch of credit for is they tried. They did. I mean, a couple notable spots here, obviously. Um We'll talk about the uh, table, the fire table spot. Um, there's so much that gets hyped going into this spot. And then you have two guys like two feet away with fire, with fire extinguishers. It kind of kills the buzz a little bit for me. Um, but then, <laughs> spoiler alert. Kane's on Kane's on fire. You got the fire extinguishers. Um he goes back into the ring. Daniel Bryan hits his finisher. He hits the running knee, and then that's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So I was gonna say that it reminds me of it reminds me of like AEW. Yeah. Like with 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 the finish. So not nothing like a guy getting set on fire. To, to, to having it to having to go back into a match to get hit with a finisher like okay just dumb just dumb yeah um what I what I will say is the is the fire stunt was was disappointing um it was cool to see um the forklift spot there, but outside of that, I mean, it, it was, it was fine. Like this is, this is average. This could have been so much better. And 
you're wasting the Daniel Bryan um, push here. I want to say juice. You're wasting the you're you're wasting the juice. Yeah, and you're burning and 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 you're burning it on Kane. Pretty much. And guess what? This doesn't even matter. Nope. At the end of the day, Daniel Bryan, just for spoilers, we can just finish this fucking thing. After it was there, cool. Dan Daniel Bryan wins. He he celebrates. Um Kane sits up, his music plays, all good. Um Ends the show, but here's exactly why it doesn't make any sense. So you have Daniel Bryan just beat Kane. And they and they've been pushing this. Oh, you're well, if you don't defend it, you're gonna have to relinquish it. <sighs> you know, so it's BS. What, so what ends up happening is th- this is an actual injury. It's poor timing, but um, I'm gonna get my dates right here. Someone's gonna come come for me. May May fourth. Okay. <laughs> so there's this match, and then about a week and a half later, he goes. Um, he gets neck surgery done. Um, yeah, it's the cervical foraminotomy. Uh, look, I I'm not a fucking doctor. Um, it's to That's decompress not... the nerve root. It's actually not French, but go ahead. There you go. We oui, we oui, ha ha. Somebody fucking call Pierre Pierre Cargo. Here we go. Um, so then we're getting towards payback. And and Stephanie McMahon is telling him you have to defend your title in a you know, stretcher match. Daniel Bryan's like no, um, he doesn't want to relinquish the title. Stephanie's threatening to fire Brie Bella if he doesn't. Um, so Brie Bella quits so he doesn't have to give up the title. Um, and then money and then he vacates it. Um, and then that's how Money in the Bank happens, and then that's how we get another Lowell Cena. Oh god, this show sucks. That's not good. Okay. Cover that another day. Anyway, that is WWE Extreme Rules 2014. Jeff thoughts on the show um not a fan it was just minus one match it's just a raw didn't didn't wow you didn't keep you out of your seat i mean literally the whole price of price of price of admission excuse me was the six-man tag yeah 110 percent, and i would argue the second best match on this card 
is the WLC. That's we're we're joking, but but we're being serious. I would I would say not too far behind that. Um, the triple threat elimination was fine. The main event was fine. Um, everything else was just like a grade below that. So, yep, nothing I can really get behind here. Um, well, that closes this chapter of the retro review, courtesy of your very own wrestling purists. Before we get into next week's episode, because it's a doozy, Jeff. Where can they find you on the Twitter machine? Jeff M. Hall 1 on Twitter. And as we always say, Jeff M. Hall 2 was taken. So Yeah. Shysters. Well, you can find me on Twitter at WPPod1. Actually, you can find the show at WPPod1. You can find me at Coach Cod. Uh, it's what happens when you multitask here at the end of the show. Next week, um, we head to the glorious city of New York, New York. Um, right now, I know they're dealing with a lot of air quality issues. What we're bringing into the air next next week, all right, and you can call Phil Phil Collins on that one. <laughs> Is Ring of Honor? Thank, thank you. Uh, Ring of Honor co-producing this show with New Japan Pro Wrestling, so you know it's going to be great. It's War of the Worlds 2014, and on top of that, we get to welcome our very good friend Travis Lasseter back to the show. There we go. Give me the. Well, yeah, g- give me the. Do you have the card? Can you give me the card? Oh, I'm staring right at it. Um, what I can give you is the main event. Okay, let's do that. The main event is worth the price of admission. Well, then give me then give me the opener. Opener. It's a six yeah. man tag. Okay. So you have ACH, Matt Taven, and and Tommaso Ciampa. Oh my God! This is Ring of Honor. Yeah, real, um, real Ring of Honor. Praise yeah. the Lord. Um, taking on the the Forever Hooligans. That would be Alex Kozlov and Rocky Romero. Wow! Yeah, oh Kozlov and Takaki Watanabe. Watanabe, better known as Evil. Yeah. Forever hooligans, man. Actually, believe it or not, this is you're going to be like, what? Um, I actually had a forever hooligan shirt. Of course, you did. Well, uh, I want to say it was a part of like it was like by. We were at one of the we were at like the Baltimore like field house or something like that, and it was like or indoor. I'm sorry, indoor like sportplex, you know, whatever. And it was like buy one shirt, get a mystery shirt, like free or something oh, like that. Gosh, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I got oh. that, and I think I think my cousin got a cheeseburger shirt or something, or I don't, I, I can't remember. It was, <laughs> it was either that or it was, it was, it was Jimmy Jacobs. I don't know. I I, I can't remember. 
Well, while while we're here, because it's already been announced that the week following, we're going to have Eddie Shepard on the show. So two the weeks show. from now um, for WCW Great American Bash 1995. Mm. The Bash. This does have an arm wrestling match on it. <laughs> well, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Retro Review, courtesy of your very own Wrestling Bears. If you'd like to support the show, you can head on over to Buy Me a Coffee, which you can find on our website, which is on our Twitter page. Um, you can donate anywhere from $1 and up. Um, if you donate above 10, you get to choose what show we review next, regardless, good, bad, or somewhere in between. Thank you so much, and we will talk to you soon.